This is episode 14 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. Noah, and joining me today is Kelly Crablin. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, it's it's great to have you on the show. So, um, uh, before we get into uh, our main topic of discussion, the never-ending story, and what we've seen recently, um, do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and movies that you like? So, um, I am Noah's mother's best friend. Um, I've been working out with her for a while. We've been friends for about 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm in my 40s, and um, I'm a horse trainer and a pharmaceutical rep. And um, to be honest, okay, so the last movie I watched, I'm more into comedies. I think you're more into sci-fi, but the last one I watched Mm -hmm. was uh, the the Jumanji 2 movie. Uh-huh. Um, that has Kevin Hart, who is my favorite comedian, and uh-huh. Rock, who is also a, one of my favorites. Okay, cool. Uh, are there any shows that you've been watching? So on Netflix, I've been watching a show called Dead to Me with Christina Applegate. She used to play on a sitcom uh, mm-hmm. way back when I was probably more like your age <laughs> that yeah. I watched all the time. I'm on season two of that. It's really it's a comedy as well. Um, a little bit more for an adult audience, uh, you could probably handle it, but, um, anyways, it's a comedy as well. Okay. Uh, cool. So some of the things that I've seen as I watched a, um, a, a sci-fi movie, um, call, um <laughs> called Arrival. And uh, this is sort of a realistic take on our first contact with aliens, um, we got some great performances by Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, which I really liked. And I thought that the just how um, the director uh, took a different take on aliens, like, you know, you could watch S- Steven Spielberg Close Encounters of the Third Kind or E.T., which are, you know, totally different um, ways of describing our first contact. I, I like this approach, too. Um, so I definitely would recommend that. I thought it was honestly one of the best sci-fi movies that I've seen in a long time. Well, I'll, and then, said that before, and I think I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I watched a, a comedy uh, called uh, Young Frankenstein with Gene Wilder, and this was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Gene Wilder, I know from you know uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which. Uh, it's one of my favorite, you know, classics, and um, I thought this was really good. I, I had a lot of laughs, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely <laughs> would recommend it to. Uh, I definitely re- recommend it to you, Kelly, since you're a fan of comedies. If you haven't seen that, that one's a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out too. I also watched Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy, um, <laughs> which was That's the best. <laughs> Yeah, I had a blast with this movie. Uh, Steve Carell is one of is my favorite comedic actor, uh, mainly from The Office and uh, definitely this as well. Um, everyone in here is is just so hilarious, and this is such a weird movie. I enjoyed it a whole lot. I like Will Ferrell from Elf, um, but I thought that he was at his best here, and I also yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And then. Um, I watched The Farewell, which is about a 
a Chinese family whose um, grand uh, whose grandmother is dying, and they decide not to tell her. Um, so they like make up a wedding and just so they could see her for one last time. Uh, and it's a really uh, kind of an emotional story for uh, this main character who doesn't really fit in with her family, but she loves her grandmother. Um, this was a really a surprise. I was really surprised how much I liked this movie. Um, so yeah, I watched that. That's cool. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah. So, but our main topic of discussion is the never ending story. Yep. Uh, yes. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, now I didn't know about this movie until you mentioned it. Uh, you said that this was one of your favorite movies uh, of all time, right? And it is. So it, it is. was like, I was like, well, let's do a podcast on it. Um, <laughs> so that's why we're here. Um, so Kelly, go ahead and tell us like uh, when you first saw this movie and uh, how it stuck with you and stuff. So um, as I said before, you know, I'm big into horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, the swamp scene, it's when the horse is in the swamp and yeah. Atreyu uh, tries to pull him out and he's saying stuff like, you know, don't let the sadness of the swamps get to you. Um, you have to try, you have to care. And then at the end he says, you're my friend, I love you. And mm-hmm. I just think it's a big meeting behind depression and suicide. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't see that when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I just saw a horse that was dying in a swamp and of course I cried my eyes out and I thought how in uh-huh. the world like this is the saddest thing ever as an yeah. adult you go back and watch it and you realize the true meaning behind especially that scene um and it just says like you can't let the sadness of the world basically get you down and you got to keep trying mm-hmm. and you got to care um and those are his exact words to his horse and so that scene sticks with me that well that's one of the scenes that really stick, stuck stuck with me definitely yeah I I can definitely agree with you that um, think, looking back on the movie, that is definitely a scene that stood out to me the most. Is probably one of the most dark scenes of the movie. Uh, yes. Really kind of caught me off guard. Uh, just like <laughs> what a to- total tonal shift we just experienced. But yeah, definitely I thought that that was a standout of the movie. Definitely well executed. Yep. Um, so yeah, we kind of open up with like uh, getting to meet pretty much our main character, uh, who is um, played by Bustian. No, not played by, but the character's name is, I believe, Bustian. Um, I think it's is it Bustian or Bastian? It might be Bastian. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we kind of learned like um, what his life is like. It's sort of these first like ten or so minutes. Uh, we learned that he's not doing very well in school and that his mother is dead and he gets bullied a whole lot. And I was actually surprised like how intense his bullying was. Like they really get him, like they throw him in the garbage can and, and it's intense. And then he, yeah. And uh, he goes to, you know, a bookstore to hide, which, um, I instantly like thought back to like almost every other movie where the old man gives the hero the 
main item of the story and the wise old man and stuff. Just like so many uh, movies came to mind. Uh, like with uh, Star Wars and all those other ones. But um, see, he pretty much steals the book. But I think the old man apparently knows that um, he stole the book. Like he, he wanted him to steal the book. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and then he goes um, to school um, and they're having a mass test. So he just hides in attic of the school where does he hide is he hide? at first i thought it was a a broom closet but then it's really huge um i think it's in i think it's in a storage place of the okay. school um i mean it never really says but it's kind of an interesting place for him to be considering mm-hmm. all the bullying that's happened but that's yeah. where he took the book and mm-hmm. um interesting spot you know, I want to go back to that old man scene because I, I'm kind of looking at this actor who's playing whatever this guy's name is, and um, he comes off a little whiny in some of these scenes. Like he's and like when that old man is like, "This is a book," half a block away or whatever, and he's like, "I own books. I own Lord of the Rings, Christopher Robin." But like random, really kind of pouty in those first few scenes. I was like, "Geez, back off, man!" Um, <laughs> but uh, I think really through these first ten minutes, we do kind of uh, care about this character just because you know it's not cool for any of that to happen anyway, especially the bullying and stuff. And you know, he'll he'll get his payback later at the end. Um, that like is I'm true. Sure we'll talk about yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, this is a book where, what's this, what's the word he uses? Like, you read safe books. And so we kind of learned that, like, this is going to be a dangerous book or something like that. That, I mean, that's kind of what the feeling I get as well. I can't remember his exact, you know, exactly what he says, but he was Mm -hmm. definitely trying to act like the kids shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Um, You know, and I know you well enough to know that you're. You know, you love books yourself. You read books all yeah. the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was pretty, uh, not offensive, but I'm sure it took you like, hey, wait a minute, dude. We can all read books <laughs> at a young age. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've seen this movie like a whole lot, right? I've seen it quite a few times. Yeah. Um, so answer me this, because I have a, a question about the relationship between the boy and Fantasia, does he like? Um, is he like in the book? Like when he's reading it, I don't understand like how um, he and the book are connected in some way. Like how? Um, so that is that's really confusing. But I will say this: um, there is also a book that a real book that's written called The Never Ending Story. Besides the mm-hmm. movie, and the movie has the movie left out a whole part of the book that may help people understand why Bastion was pulled into the book at the end. um, What his deal is with uh, Fantasia, Mm -hmm. um, why he had to rename her, you know, all that is all that still kind of has me 
you know, a little baffled, but I think that's why I love the movie so much. I could watch it again and still get something else out of it every time I watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think this that would be a movie that would definitely benefit off of rewatches. I've only seen it one time. Uh, but yeah, I think that um, it, it helps to have uh, your point of view here to tell us kind of uh, uh, some of the more confusing things about it. But yeah, uh, I did not know this was based off a book, but that totally makes sense. Um, yeah. And it also makes sense that there'd be a lot more exposition on um, the how this book works and stuff. But I think that uh, we kind of get the gist of it uh, where we kind of learn more about it, like the third act. The third act is really uh, really big like a lot of stuff happens in the third act um but uh we he pretty much starts reading and i have to say like he reads like all day right i mean by the time it's over i mean it is nighttime it is raining and thundering like it is i'm surprised like the janitor people didn't like come in and see this kid reading this book and like what is going on? Uh, <laughs> but I know, I know you think, right, there's nobody looking for this kid? Like, yeah. how is he just... Anyways, I mean, stuff like that is... But you kind of got to look over some of that. Yeah. Um, for the sake of the story, I get it. Yes. Um, yes. So he starts reading this book, and instantly we meet, uh, for me, the weirdest character in the entire story. The rock monster. Um, now, I don't have much of a problem with how this creature looks. I think it's okay. You warned me when you were telling me about the, um, uh, the movie that there are some not great effects, uh, just because of the the time and stuff. I mean, this came out in 1984, um, but... I have to say, the weirdest thing this creature does is he eats a rock. And, you know, I'm trying to <sighs> understand the rules of this world and stuff. And when he eats that rock, I'm like, wouldn't that be cannibalism? Like, that's <laughs> like me picking up a toe and eating it. Like, that's a part of He's made up of rocks. Like, is he, like biting off like one of his body parts or something like I don't know but he's like mm, limestone rock <laughs> uh, but yeah that was like really left me thinking like my jaw hit the floor <laughs> um, but yeah we, we kind of learned through these um, bits of dialogue between the rock monster and uh, these other people who I kind of don't know who they are exactly. Who are these people on the bat and the snail? Um, I think, so he's the, the night hob and the teeny weeny. I think, yeah. uh, you know, I think these are just, you know, the rock monster or the rock biter, he's supposed to be actually evil. Um, and he is supposed to be the one, like when it says like the, uh, the nothing is coming, like he is part of the nothing. So he's, you know, I don't know actually why the Night Hob and Teeny Weenie are in there. Um, yeah. But I think that the Rock Monster, he definitely portrays an evil side of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause is that I, what you got? Um, I mean, ask, is that what you got? I honestly didn't. I mean, he, 
I honestly didn't, but I thought that he kind of brought like the nothing with him or something like that, you know. But I didn't yes. think that he yeah. was like a bad guy, but like he sort of represented the nothing coming. He did. I mean, so yes, he did. I mean, he definitely represented that. Um, and I think it's just, you know, behind the whole meaning of, um, you know, you just always kind of got to watch your back. You just never know really what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as, um, especially when they talk about the nothing coming and him representing that and not, not portraying himself as an evil person. Yeah. Um, but like at first, I thought that these two, uh, the teeny weeny and blah, 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 I thought they were bad because, like, I they were like snickering and something. I thought they were like bad businessmen or something, um, but, but they're not. <laughs> and so we go to um, the Ivory Tower, I believe it's called, and we meet yes. the signature Black Wizard, which isn't exactly doing anything new. Um, there's usually always a Black Wizard in uh, some of these stories, but. Um, he does have a weird looking head, I have to say. He's got like a like a fin at the top of his head. <laughs> um but like we get introduced to sort of the hero. Um I guess he and the boy are kind of the hero, but he's kind of like our vocal point into this world. Like we're kind of going with him on this journey, but like our main character is Bast is Bastion or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like he shows up and he's like, I can go uh get the what's your face? Um what is the ch- the childlike empress. Um yes. because she is uh sick or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so he's like yep. I- he- go ahead. And it's actually it's 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 Artreyu that's doing all of that. So mm-hmm. I know at the end Bastion comes in, um, but Artreyu's the one that is trying that has gone out and is trying to um, save her, save her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so and he's like, and they're like, "You're a kid." He's like, "Well, you won't get my help." And the wizard's like, "Wait!" And so he he does. Uh, go off and he gets that necklace which plays a big role in the story um and then we do and he you know he travels along and stuff and um uh we get that um scene with the horse you were talking about which um yeah definitely is a um a dark scene probably the darkest scene of the movie I think it's a dark scene. I mean there were some pretty good other scenes but that was definitely a dark scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did have to say, though, the horse did not look like he was actually sinking. I do need to point that out. <laughs> um, I told you that it was a very old movie and you had to be forgiving. <laughs> I will try. I will try. Um, I will do my best. Um, but uh, he travels along. And then I think after that, we go to the, the turtle, right? He gets the top of that um, turtle. Oh, that's right, yes. <laughs> Which I have to say, I thought was like a, a really weird scene because I'm not sure what it accomplished. Like, I think he just like came across this big turtle, and then he left. I didn't understand the purpose of that scene. Uh, did I miss something, uh, Kelly? No, I mean, that scene I didn't either. I mean, I don't understand if it's just 
Um, I mean, I'm right there with you. There's a couple scenes that you think, why was that put in this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, if you wanted to know, you know, kind of more about it, that you would have to read the book. Yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely, definitely think so. Um, so he continues to travel along. Uh, but we also mentioned, like, as he leaves, um, the boy is also kind of the narrator and says that there's, like, another uh, person who's starting his, another dark person who's starting his own quest, um, which we kind, which we kind of see him in the third act, which is the big black wolf. Um, yes. Now, I think he um, stays in that cave the entire movie. Like, I don't think he goes on a quest. He just stays there and he kind of waits. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he is meant to, um, he's like a, like we talked about the rock monster and how he kind of brought the nothingness with him. The wolf is kind of like, uh, he enforces the nothingness. Like, he is a servant of the nothing. Yes. And is that when he goes in and he sees like his story basically on the yeah. wall? He sees okay. And and that's when um I started realizing that the story in that scene, um, the story suggests that Artreyu's journey, um, it's happened many times before. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's looking back on everything that's happened. Um, and then it'll probably happen again. And and yeah, like I've said, I think it kind of represents the cycle of life. Definitely. Um, kind of what's happening right now with this pandemic and how, you know, we've gone through stuff like this in the past mm-hmm. um, and the destruction of life is emerging again. And it, it's in, in the story, it emerges as the never ending story. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. Um, and so, Oh, the big, the big turtle does accomplish something. He kind of brings despair with him and tells, um, Atru, whatever, uh, Trey, yeah, Trey, yeah. Uh, that um, how far he has to accomplish his mission, and it's ten thousand miles, which I really thought was like, uh, it what it like that went in exact. It was so exact. Like I, I watched this with Silas, my little, my youngest yeah. brother, and I looked at him and I was like, that line is meant for Silas, like, because ten thousand <laughs> miles, like, and like with the Terminator, it was like the T. 1,000, it's like like the biggest you can think, you know? Uh, but yeah, he's got 10,000 miles to go, which doesn't really um, uh, factor well, a whole he, lot. He, oh, go ahead. No, he also says like, you know, one of the lines that the turtle says is, you know, we don't even care that we don't even care. You know, and it, again, it's just talking about despair. Um and, and, you know, so he also, again, represents a little bit of darkness. Definitely, yeah. I think it shows, you talk about, um, you know, those life metaphors. I think that he represents a certain type of person that has just given up on life. That he doesn't exactly, care what yes. happens. I mean, uh, yeah. I definitely saw that factor into his character. And I think that you can look at all these characters, really, and see what type of person they are in this world or in life. I agree. I mean, he says, you know, I think he also says like, we're allergic to youth. I mean, uh-huh. he's just one of the Deb- those Debbie Downers, you yeah. know, I mean, um, you know, tried to make it seem like his journey was just going to be so long. And mm-hmm. I mean, he just, you know, there was nothing happy or exciting. He was just such a, 
I don't know, just such a downer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so we then um, we have some sort of um, scene where like the um, Atrium. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know these names. Correct, I can't say the names correctly. They're hard. Um, They're hard. I'll try you. I try you. I'll try to remember that. Uh, but he gets attacked uh, by something. Is it the wolf he gets attacked by? Um, it is the wolf he gets attacked okay. by. Yeah. All right. So he gets attacked by the wolf, and then like he wakes up and he's by that um, that white horse. The not the horse. I'm sorry. This white dragon. That's what I call it. He has fur. Yeah, I and think. that's my he's my favorite Falkyrie. Fal- Falkyrie. Falkyrie. <laughs> Whatever his name is, I love him. Yeah, I do like him too. Um, but you know, we were talking about the effects. And I actually will say that I like um, these puppet designs or um, stop stop motion creatures. I actually really like them. My main problem with them is the lip, uh, the lip dubs, like how they have to have the voiceover <laughs> to make it look like this creature is saying things. Their lips do not match what they are saying at all. This gave me flashbacks <laughs> to like the Planet of the Apes and like. 1966 <laughs> I was like wow this is Planet of the Apes um but I did I did forgive it at some point like this is it I mean it ain't getting any better and it probably ain't getting any worse but then we saw the green screen and I'll talk about that later um <laughs> but I did like this white dragon and um uh, with him is like um these old elfish creatures is kind of what I thought um <laughs> I don't know exactly. The neatest little creatures. Uh, you know all these names. I, I can't get all these down. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did think that um, well, they're here to help, right? I mean, after meeting that yes. turtle downer, I mean, these people are actually here to help. And uh, like, really, just, like, um, the kid asks the white dragon, did you bring me? The whole 10,000 miles, and he's like, Yo, I brought you to 9,899, but whatever. <laughs> um, so he pretty much did that's the journey for him. Uh, but he has to go through these tests, right? Yes, um, yes. which I really liked. Um, you see yeah. it a whole lot with movies like in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but I thought that uh, they did really well. This was more of a spiritual and mind test. Um, yes, especially you talking about when they he first went through the two statues, those two angel statues. Let's talk about those two statues for a minute, because <laughs> they've killed. I, I'm with Silas here, and I see those two statues, and I am covering his eyes because they don't hide anything. <laughs> I was freaking out, like, wow, like this has been. I mean. We talked about that horsey thing, the darkest scene of the movie. I was like, well, still PG movie here, but no. I mean, these these statues, like, I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> and they just really went the extra mile here. But, yeah, he has to I mean, these statues are like um, uh, they're like testing him in a way. Like, he has yeah. to, he, if he passes through these statues, he he's worthy. Or whatever he has a a good heart or you know like Munir yeah. with Thor like he he's worthy. Um, you gotta remember like 
the little troll people, you know, they were saying nobody had made it through alive and that you had to have courage. And yeah. so again, it's just back to, you can make it through anything with courage and you can tell when he starts to lose his courage, you know, they're screaming at him, they're screaming at him to get his courage back. And mm-hmm. as he starts to fight back through it and get his courage back, he makes it through that. But again, you know, back on the whole metaphor of life, you know, you got to uh-huh. keep pushing through and you got to have courage to get through. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, but he, he passes through. Um, oh, but we, we know, uh, what I remember what I was going to say, uh, you were talking about how many have tried and failed to pass through. We see that because like, there's like night body armor, like across these two, um, like um, displayed out um, in front of these two statues, because uh, people died uh, trying to get through here and have been unworthy. Isn't that crazy? Uh huh. Um, and then he has to pass through the two, uh, this, this mirror, right? He has to look at this mirror, um, and it um, makes him think that he isn't worthy or that he's not good. Like it makes you, you think you're a courageous person, but this mirror tells you that you're not. Yeah. Sort of, it's sort of like the hater mirror. Like this mirror represents all the haters. Um, yep. That's right. That's uh, right. And then like, you know, he has that confrontation and like, while all this is happening, like, uh, the boy is, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bastion, whatever. Uh, has he's kind of been like really experiencing this journey, like having uh, visceral reactions to everything that's happening in the story, and he's like, "That's not possible," uh, but it is. And uh... so, okay, so he he looks through this mirror, and like, um, Atreu and Bastion are both freaking out, like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Um, yep. He walks through the mirror and he has the the big confrontation with the wolf. And like, it's the final showdown. Here we go. (laughs) Let's go. And like, they, um, but they have like this dialogue going back and forth. And like, you know, it's uh, like the Bond villain, like, them exactly what the entire plan is before they do it. Uh, which is basically (laughs) what he does. And, um, he kind of says, like, ha- talks about how he is the servant of the nothing, and HU is like, what's the nothing? And we don't really, we don't really know what the nothing is. Do we? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's just kind of unknown. Um, but well, and you can interpret it so many different ways. Yeah. I think you know. I think you can interpret it as you know. Sometimes you worry so much about things that maybe aren't even real. Uh-huh. Um, you could interpret it as um just destruction to the earth yeah things you can't even see going on around you i mean there's so many ways to interpret the nothing i think it even um, be, again i think it even uh, i think it could even represent age you know like growing right. old yeah and right. rebirth yep that is true um so uh really they don't have a big battle i mean he but we see like the nothing is crashing down or a little the world uh fantasia is sort of a uh, crashing in on itself uh, uh, while they're talking and then the wolf sort of leaps out at Atreu and he stabs him with a really tiny rock but I was like, I thought it would take a few more hits than, than that but he knocks him out and uh, um, he gets on 
um, his white dragon, right? And he he rides off. Um, so yep. he, he's riding off, and he meets the rock giant again, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. He meets the rock giant, and they have this. What do they say? I I, I completely forgot about this scene until we've been talking about. It. I remembered it well as we were talking, but I don't remember the full details of it. What do these? What do they talk about? It's a brief meeting, but they talk about something here. Yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, I am drawing a blank on that scene mm-hmm. because my head's already jumped to when Bastion comes into the book. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so I can't so after the wolf scene what does he say what does that um oh Noah I'm drawing a blank on that I I don't know either I don't um it was a short clip just a short um I don't know I don't know yeah they will uh okay whatever it is I don't think it played a a huge part of the story. It's probably another, like, uh, when they talk to the turtle, probably another one of those scenes. Um, but I think so. When there's a couple of those in there that you're just like, what is this even? You have to sort know. of read into the metaphor. And I think of this as a good balancing act of keeping your kid audience entertained, but having those moments uh, for the adult audience. Yep. Um, but then Fantasia blows up, and I'm like, you know, I always write notes when I'm watching these movies in preparation for uh, the show, and like, I'm like, wow, I mean, he he pretty much failed, right? Like, yeah. Um, but he he sees the ivory tower doesn't look like it's moved at all. Like everything's floating around, but the ivory tower is still there. Like it's still like. It's not float. It's straight up. Um, <laughs> and so he rides over there, and we meet. Uh, oh, something we forgot to mention is the name. Um, we learned that to to heal the um, the childlike empress, that um, you have to rename her. Yes, and so in that part, so I still, as many times as I've watched this movie. I just don't understand that part. I don't understand why then, you know, the little boy who is narrating the book, mm-hmm. Bastion gets pulled in or she starts talking to him mm-hmm. and starts saying stuff like the little boy who's reading this book, he has no idea, but he's the one that can save my life. And I'm thinking, wait, what? <laughs> what is going on? That totally flipped the switch. I was completely confused. Um, so all of the endings still has me baffled. So um, so I got a little bit. Neat. I understood a little bit of it with the name. Um, I'm a huge um, mythology buff, uh, Greek and uh, Roman mythology, okay. and uh, I like Norse mythology as well. And um, but in mythology, names play a big role in that character and into um, the character of. Uh, who like the god is or whatever, uh, like a name sort of defines who they are um, and such. Like it, with Egyptian mythology, um, if like if you learn someone's name, uh, so their hidden name, you have like power over that person with their hidden name. Um, I'm not actually sure how that yeah. um, connects to the Neverending Stories version of it, but that's what I thought of. Did you find out what the name? 
so what did he did he name her her moon uh what did he name um, her i think he moon he named her his mother's name right moon. that's what i thought like uh that's what i thought he did but maybe he did i didn't know he screams it and i just didn't catch it um so i'm not sure exactly what he names her i've got it I'll, um it's like it's moon it's moonlight or moon I think tree. it may be moon tree. I'm I think it's okay. moon tree. Um and then I should know that. The childlike empress and she's like you've got a lot you you have a bunch of wishes and he's like how many wishes do I have and he's like the more wishes you wish the more stronger Fantasia is gonna be. I'm like, wow, this kid has hit the jackpot, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Like, okay, listen, listen. The name he screams out is Moonchild. Okay, okay. I just wanted to correct that. Moonchild. Sorry. Go ahead. So yes, so yes, he he was he is lucky. He can grant as many wishes as he wants. Like, I to be that guy. But like. He wishes for some of the weirdest things. Like, he likes to ride on the back of the white dude. Now, I do, like, I want my mom back. I want to change my grades. Like, you know, but he's like, can I just ride on the, the white creature? And so this is where I actually have, like, my biggest problem with the effects is the green screen when he is flying around. I out. I'm not normally very good at catching bad green screen effects, but here I was like, oh my goodness, I can see the black line around them as they fly. And I, it, it was so see and like so, when... so me, I was like, I was like, that's exactly what I'd be wishing. I was like, right. <laughs> I mean, that was the best thing ever. And then you were looking at the Well, <laughs> I was like, good for that chap, but I wish I could believe it. But like, you know, and pretty much we don't meet. Uh, we do see H.U. one more time when he's riding around. He kind of goes back and like sees all of Fantasia, which doesn't make sense, right? Because Fantasia hasn't been completely rebuilt right so and fantasia like it's mm -hmm. never ending so like there's net there's no boundaries to yeah. fantasia either which is interesting to me so um yeah and so as he's flying you know the big thing i like of course is when i see the horse i did like that i was very excited like, yes. when i saw that yes yeah he's still alive. i mean i just you know i thought okay this movie can end because now i don't have to walk away with tears in my eyes because i'm still thinking about the dang horse dying in the definitely. movie yeah that uh, that was definitely a cheer moment for me i was like yes but uh you even you were talking about like uh, <laughs> how this story has happened and will happen again well i don't know if you know kelly but there are sequels to the never-ending story i mean there are two more oh, have you seen that. the sequels i didn't so I um, tried to watch the Never Ending mm -hmm. Story too, and oh, I did yeah? not like it. Um, and I can't remember what it just. And 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 we can definitely watch that and mm -hmm. do a podcast on it I, um, for sure. I may like it more as an adult, but 
I was so infatuated with this movie itself. I think number two may be more um, animated. Um, And so, yeah, so I wasn't, um, I don't know, maybe I should go back and watch it um, now. But so I didn't, so since I didn't watch number two, I didn't watch number three. Um, yeah, so, like, but I, I'm kind of wish they didn't do sequels, because, like, I feel like this movie says, yes, there are many stories to come, but I was like, but let's end it off there, right? Because, I mean, uh, just, like, so, and I don't even know, I, I almost feel like, Oh, I shouldn't say that because I'm not 100% positive, but I almost feel like it's just a remake, but I'm not 100% positive. Yeah, maybe we'll do another podcast doing um. the entire, the never-ending story trilogy. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, something that I got flashbacks to a whole lot in this movie uh, was the Chronicles of Narnia, which is a book series I really like. And I, you know, I thought back to like uh, the childlike empress was kind of like Aslan, and um, uh, uh, Bastion was like the Pevensey children, and like um, how in the final book of the Chronicles, not as spoilers ahead, but like it's like there are um, this is the ending of a story, but there are many other stories to come. But we don't see the stories, but we feel complete, and that's how I felt at the end of the Neverending Story. Then I'm like looking through uh, the description of it on Letterboxd, which is a movie website that I use. Um, and I look down and I'm like, word, they made two sequels. Um, now I'm pretty sure it's like an entirely <laughs> different cast, which like they're not just gonna redo this story, but with a different boy, right? Because I mean, well, that fits in with what the Neverending story has set up. I mean, no one's gonna like that. I mean, no one's gonna want to. Well, there was something about it I didn't like. I need to go back and watch it. And I just thought, no, yeah. you're not gonna ruin this for me. So I just didn't watch it. I'm just that type of person. Like I just. Um, but for the sake of a podcast and to follow up on what we're talking about, I will definitely. You just tell me when, and I'll watch. Yeah, it that's and totally we'll get cool. back on here. Uh, then we like at the end we can like rank them. Like, what's the best and what's the worst? But um, so I that pretty much closes out. He gets his revenge on the bullies. Uh, while I was like, yes, I love that part. Yes, good for him. <laughs> Bad green screen, but I was yes. like, yes, good for that man. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I thought that that. They they give us the true moments at the end. Might not have been what I'd have wished for, but I was I still totally went with it. Like I was like, that's what this kid would do. I thought it was in character, and that pretty much ends the story, right? I mean, he what's the closing shot? Like yep. he he gets revenge on the bullies. Oh, then he's done. He like he kind of sort of wakes up. Uh. It's kind of what I went to. I mean, he, I don't think he's exactly asleep, yes. but he came and um, he's that's pretty much it. I mean, he walks home and that's the end. Well, let me ask you this Did you look up and see what Moonchild meant? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Like the meaning of the, the name Moonchild moon that he screams out and he gives. Um, he gives the empress. 
Um, no, that new name. I'm trying to look at that too. Well, no, this is just an astrology thing. Okay, so I've got it. Let me read it. I just have here, um, a moon child is a a unique and curious soul Mm -hmm. who's often in a daze. His or her mind will always, um, his or her mind is always out of this world. They live in their fantasy and refuse to come back Uh, to harsh reality. For that kid, yeah, because that's pretty (laughs) much what he's been doing with this story. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much closes this discussion. So, uh, Kelly, do you recommend the never ending story? Yeah, I give it a 10, though. I give it a 10, my favorite movie. I know you, probably uh, don't, well, but what normally do you I do star ratings. <laughs> uh, I think I'll give this a four, honestly. I originally gave it a three and a half, but like looking back at some of those metaphors you've been talking about and stuff, I think there's a um, I definitely would give this a solid recommend. I think this is a movie that kids and the adults can enjoy. It's a great family movie um, that I think everyone can enjoy. I'd recommend this to all audiences. You know, like I said, um, I think anyone can enjoy it. Um, maybe not the best effects. I think I pointed that out. Sorry to be that way, but it did annoy me a little bit. But I, I think that, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kids are gonna notice that, so um, that um, so they'll just enjoy us more. These are fun creatures to look at. I, I did think that the rock monster was a cannibal, but I think that all these character designs still look pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I definitely would recommend uh, the Neverending Story. Uh, I think that it's while it looks like we do have two sequels left, um, I think that this is a really great standalone story. Um, we'll we'll see if we recommend the next two. Um, I, I think that that's definitely a good idea. I think we should definitely do the sequels. There um, just to completely close it off. Okay, well, good deal. Just yeah. get with me and we'll, um, we'll so do another one. So that closes one. off this discussion. So, uh, Kelly, where can people find you if they um, want to hear? Oh, no, but first, oh, my bad. What are five movies or shows you want to watch soon? Oh my goodness, you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, um, oh no, I, can't, right, that's I just okay. can't pull it out of my head. I'm not a huge movie buff like you. You okay. tell me your next um, five so you're I'm wanting to see. see the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, which it was up for a lot of uh, Oscars oh, when it yeah. came out. And yes. um, I've liked Wes Anderson so far. I saw yes. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is probably a whole lot Hotel, but I thought it was one of the best animated movies I or uh, I don't want to say animated, but one of the stop motion movies I've ever seen. Uh, fantastic! I really like that, and um, I love how I've seen Ralph Fiennes so far for this movie. Um, I know him from the James Bond movies as M, where he's a lot more serious. Um, but I was definitely, I'm definitely very excited to see that. I think uh, my dad and I are going to see that. Uh, this uh this week so i'm definitely excited to see it um i also want to see um let me think here you know i'd like to see um 
1917 um, by Sam Mendes, um, which is a war movie. War one, which I've heard a lot about, and it's apparently um, very good. I know it was up for a lot of Oscars as well. Um, and I haven't seen movies, but I'm excited to see more. Um, I've liked what I've seen so far. Um, I'd also like to see. Um, let me see here. Um, John Wick, <laughs> which is an act. You know, that's an action movie I've been wanting to see for a while now. Um, and I'm a Big action movie guy, as well as a sci-fi fan. And then um, probably The Shining would be my final one. Oh my gosh. Uh, I have that read The Shining, book, okay. The Shining okay. um, by Stephen King, which I thought was fantastic. It's one of my favorite books uh, of all time. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is a good book. And, yes, you know, I don't know if you know, Kelly, but Stephen King, like, hates The Shining, the movie. Like, he did not like Jack Nicholson. He does not like Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> like, he was not a uh, a fan of the movie. Um, and he actually did, like, he did, like, a television oh, wow. remake, which that. was, like, eight episodes to tell the entire story of The Shining, which is apparently, like, absolute, like, garbage. Um, so, um... I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see this, uh, The the Shining. I'd like to see that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, Kelly, where can people find you if um, they want to um, hear more about you? Um, Well, Instagram, Facebook. um, Okay, cool. Uh, I'm assuming your um, Facebook name is Kelly Carablin. Okay. It is. Um, it's hyphenated okay, with cool. Behringer, but it's easy um, to find. As for me, I'm pretty much um, on Letterboxd, uh, which is a movie um, ranking and reviewing website that I um, use quite a lot. Um, I'm listed just as Noah Newcomb. And um, as for, that's pretty much the only place I am besides here on the show. Um, you can go and um hear more of our other reviews we're still in the middle of our batman retrospective and we should have batman forever our batman forever review coming out this week uh which i'm very excited about and you can go listen to our batman 1989 and batman returns podcast and our as well as our uh patrick and i's top 30 movies of all time um so kelly thank you once again for joining me and um yeah, yeah, thanks for I, having me. I'm excited to be to back um, with the Neverending Story Part Two. All right, bye. Sounds good. Thanks, Noah.